Welcome to Best Served, a podcast recognizing unsung hospitality heroes. Join Chef Jensen Cummings as he chops it up with industry leaders about the humans who've impacted their lives and careers. From childhood guides, to ass-kicking mentors, to the team members in the trenches that make it all happen. Help us celebrate these rock stars by sharing our show and nominating your own unsung hospitality heroes. Connect with us on social media at Best Served Podcast. Now here is your host. What's up, everybody? Jensen Cummings here. Thank you, as always, for tuning in. Today is Best Served Podcast 315. We're unlocking a brand, excuse me, sales strategy, part one, Tell Your Best Story, episode one. This is going to be a three-parter for everybody with Jay Christensen of Tin Sheets is going to be joining us in just a moment. We're going to be talking about the 86-86-86 challenge. It's just a cliffhanger. I'm not going to tell you any more about it because what we're really going to focus on is this sales strategy process that Jay is going to take us through. We're going to break this down into three parts. We're going to talk first about how you really think about your audience and the tools that you're utilizing. We're going to think about the highlights, what you're really trying to highlight through this process. And we are going to talk about kind of the proof, the backup, what, uh, what you need to put on paper or onto your website that really indicates that you're bringing the value that you say you are. And uh, at least I think so. Jay's going to walk us through this process. So uh, I'm probably going to fumble around that. I'm going to be really taking Jay's input and advice through all of this process. And I'm, I'm babbling now. I just want to bring Jay in. But uh, Jay Christensen, 10 Sheets. I love this. Cultivate, create, captivate. Uh, very cool. I am huge on alliteration. So I appreciate that for sure. Yeah. Team makes fun of me sometimes about it. But it's, uh, you know, it's catchy, right? Exactly. Plus, it says something important. You know, that's the process that we apply everywhere. It says something important. I appreciate that. All right. I'm excited about this, Jay, uh, because it's funny because I do so much strategy myself. I get paid to do strategy. It's very interesting. It's kind of like the if you if you represent yourself, you have an idiot for a lawyer. I feel that a lot because so often we're so close to our projects. And it's very hard for us to see them for what they are. And I struggle with that a lot. I'm so visionary. I'm so idealistic about the things that we're doing that sometimes when it's time to, to get into the dirt and like sell something, I get very, again, like philosophical about it and I struggle with that. So I really appreciate this. And as much as I wanted to like show that I was prepared and all this, I decided I was gonna like put myself in your hands and you guide me. And if it means I'm all over the place, like good, because that's what happens to us when we run our own business. When you're an entrepreneur, you're so close to it. Sometimes you squeeze it too tightly. And I see that play out a lot with our clients. And so I appreciate you uh, doing that for me. So uh, it's it's your show, man. Take it away. Like guide me through sure. the process that you do for your clients. Yeah, absolutely. So obviously the first thing, and you're exactly right. The first thing that matters the most is being able to gain that external perspective and whether you need someone to provide that for you or whether you have the ability to you know, step out of your own shoes, that, that's a key detail. Uh, and then the next one is approaching things in an ordered and logical fashion, which when you have 265 million thought processes going on at the same time and your staff is late and you know your orders aren't coming in, whatever's going on, right. um, that, that can be a bit of a burden. 
so we, we recognize this burden really promptly. So in my sort of auxiliary to work world, um, I'm in the search and rescue world and a lot of search and rescue borrowed this concept from, well, it's a federal concept now, but it came from California fire and it's a, a management process for really complicated situations. And it's the incident command structure. Um, and, and it's very formal and has a lot of really preset rules and it exists to manage chaos and achieve goals is really, if you had to express it in a few sentences, what you would say. Well, you're speaking to everybody who's in restaurants, yeah, hospitality, right? food and beverage. And this is where I came from it from, is I saw all this stuff starting to happen in our work life. And then I looked at search and rescue and I was like, holy cow, like this doesn't exist for business. Let's do it. And so we created BARCS, which is our business administration response coordination system. And that's, that's in essence, the incident command structure turned into business. Uh, and that's the detail that matters, right? Is it scalable? It talks about your scope of control. It talks about goal-oriented decision-making. And it talks about um, finance. You know, finance is a really big part of it and how you control the situation you're in and you do it appropriately. You don't overshoot and, you know, throw six people at a single-person problem. Um, and you don't undershoot and like, ooh, we'll just forget about that and it'll show up later. Uh, and and this, this process, the more we play with it, the more it applies to everything. So when you first talked to me about the 86, 86, 86 challenge, you really started trying to go down the path of a pitch deck. And I, you know, being the Barks person, tried to extract a goal. And, and the goal really is to sell 86, 86, 86. And so that automatically changes my approach to tools. So we're on the cultivate your tools and audience, right? And, and my first question to try and decide this goal is who are you talking to? Like, what, what's the point, right? Who are you trying to sell this to? And, and once we figure out who you're trying to sell it to, the tool speaks to that, not the other way around, right? You, the classic joke, you know, if you all you have is a hammer, everything looks like a nail. Same yeah. sort of argument. If you build a pitch deck, everybody yeah. looks like a Silicon Valley, you know, a capital investment firm, or what do they call those groups? I can never remember. Yeah. Uh, venture capitalist. You know? Yeah. Yeah, I, I hear you there, and it's for sure a struggle. So, and and, I, and I'm going to go down this rabbit hole. I know the answer you want me to give, and I'm going to give you a partial answer because <laughs> I want to serve the 11 million people and future generations of people who commit themselves to, to feeding their community, right? And so it's the blind cook in Kansas City and all that. Yet I recognize that in the 86, 86, 86 challenge, uh, what we're trying to do is create a space where they can share their voice, specifically articles. And we've started this process where Anybody and everybody who's had an experience in our industry has a place where they can share their voice, their experience, that they don't have to be one of the anointed few to be a part of what we're trying to create. And so it's really led to some amazing stories and unlocking so much worth and potential that we've been told we're just a bunch of like, you know, pirates on the pirate ship and their strength and, and we galvanize around that. Yet also we're always diminishing our own worth. So that's who I want to be of service to. Now, who the audience that I'm selling to is, I need all of the companies and businesses who feed into the hospitality and food and beverage industry, who have a vested interest in the success of those individuals. Those are the people that I need to write checks to be able to pay for these articles to actually get written. So our audience is anybody who's a tech provider, a service provider, a product provider, for the restaurant industry and potentially some restaurant groups 
that have the gravitas, have the brand and have the equity to be able to also sponsor and fund this. If that's who the audience is and they need to feed into each other, it's going to be really important. Got it. So like no one at all. Totally understood. You know, yeah, like exactly. yeah, 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 super simple. Far too many people. Now, Jay, maybe to, to niche this down a little bit, I'm looking for the businesses that actually give a shit about these people. And I ask one or two questions of companies that reach out to me all the time, wanting to throw some sponsorship dollars at, at us. And I ask them a couple of questions because they all pitch me that we're here for the success of the people. And you ask them two or three questions and that's just a sales pitch. There's nothing about their business that actually feeds into the success of those individuals. They are transactional in the relationship that they build. So I am really looking for the specific businesses, like if you're watching this, underwritten by Seven Shifts, a company who is creating human solutions and using technology as the vehicle, not a technology company that's force feeding a beautiful solution to a bunch of pirates on the pirate ship and wondering why we don't get the results we're looking for. So to your point, we're, we're trying to find those type of companies. And I do think that that niches us down pretty significantly because we're looking for people that invest in people. Yeah, no, that makes perfect sense. And I, I think identifying that audience is really a key one. Um, I, I think the tool identification path is going to be somewhat bifurcated, right? Like in some regards, you're trying to sell to the the line cook and you're trying to sell to the restaurant owner that, you know, could sponsor this sort of thing and highlight their, I guess the word social justice isn't really appropriate because really it's like decent human humanism, but yeah, where I'm going, right? Like yeah. you have the restaurateur who's really into supporting their staff and trying to support their staff. And, and that is a different tier than, like you said, the people like Seven Chefs. Um, who, who are really trying to focus on their customer base. And so I, I think you might benefit from doing some customer experience journey mapping to help you delineate some tools. And that in itself is a tool that'll help you figure this out is, you know, figure out the awareness phase. Uh, I don't know your customer experience journey mapping fluency, but yeah, yeah, break that down for us quick. Give us the uh, 41 second tour of that. Yeah, I know. Super easy, really, in the beginning. It's an awareness phase. You know, it's it's where your customer life with you goes, you know, the, their full life cycle with you as a brand or as a business. And, and you know, in some regards, your your client is the people who are going to work into the 86, 86, 86. But in another regard, it's your your business to business sponsorship people. And, and right. so in that business to business world, I think you would delineate them as a customer and you have the awareness phase. So how do they learn about you? Um, and, and then your responsibility of that map is to answer that question. You know, they learn about you online. Great. So what is your responsibility as a business? Your responsibility is to have a great website. They learn about you through pitches. Your responsibility is to have a great pitch. Uh, they learn about you through, you know, however many other mechanisms uh, for awareness of you comes about that needs to be there. The next phase typically is research that a customer enters into. And in the research phase, you need to be sure to provide the backstop for their learning about you before they go to any further. And that's, you know, recommendations from other companies that they know, that social media presence, that's, um, you know, your demonstrated ROI in other environments. It can be all sorts of different things. And that's your responsibility as a company. And then the, the 
purchase phase in your case it would be sponsorship phase the sponsorship phase you know is it easy to collect money is it obvious that it's going to the right place do they get an invoice do they have 30 days you know like all of the tactical yeah. elements of that detail and then after that it's the roi elements you know are you providing what you said you'd provide uh because you know what they're looking for, you know, are they going to see the 15 mentions in 10 minutes or whatever the, the detail there is. And then in the last step of that, it's their, their sort of recycle, right? Their retention and return value. They want to come back if it was successful. So that was a step earlier, but are you going to reach out and talk to them about returning? Are you going to reach out and talk to them about how their, their relationship with you is the same? Is it changing? Are you going to reach out to them as a customer? And, and so that customer experience journey map is, you know, top to bottom, right? It works all the way from dealing with a business to consumer all the way up to business to business relationship stuff. And so it's really sort of diving into the nuts and bolts of the relationship when you're talking about picking your tools you need to first identify the audience. And so that 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 is a tool that is recursive and that it helps you re-identify who the right people are to talk to. And, and in this sponsorship pathway, you may identify three or four different customer cohorts that make sense for you to talk to. Yeah. Uh, and you don't want to talk to them the same way either, right? Like a pitch deck doesn't work for a, a line uh, a line cook. Like that's a terrible decision. That, that's a stupid path. Completely but it works beautifully to a boardroom. We actually, we actually maybe, and I don't know if this is true, we quote unquote, spend too much time thinking about the individual that we're reaching out to. So like Sophie on our team spent hours of research on somebody that we, we recently engaged with, who was connected with us, which is how it happens a lot. And we very much were like identifying the elements that we do that we thought were the most value to them. We even mirrored some of their language. We're like, I love what they said here. And I love what they said there because we're always looking for language to kind of connect us. And so we spent a lot of time on that. Well, it's that's that's hugely challenging when we're trying to, to raise the kind of money we are for the 86, 86, 86 challenge. So we're trying to understand how we just, we have our position and we maybe cast a wide net and have laser focus. So I, I understand that completely. The other thing that you said that really resonated with me, Jay, is I am I am just, my energy, my ideas are, are magnetic. People come into the orbit all the time and I'm really, really great at selling ideas. But when it comes to that ongoing relationship, I'm so quick to be onto the next big idea that that follow through is something that absolutely we're trying to build in this process so that there's clear expectations because my expectations is to change the industry in the world. Well, that's not a realistic goal in the short term yet. We have to find those benchmarks. So for me, a goal is a destination and I'm trying to shift the way we think about that because in our industry, we're very task oriented. We are good at knocking stuff off the prep list all day, every day goals are a destination you're trying to get to and we struggle with the goal so sometimes i almost revert and flip it the other way where i'm setting goals so far into the future and i think it's important to have that vision for you know we envision a future that xyz i think that's important yet the benchmarks along the way and and measuring those oh, i'm i'm the worst at measuring my own benchmarks because I'm always so focused on the vision in the future. So I can really appreciate that. When you're hearing that, are there any additional kind of tools, benchmarking potentially being that that you feel for are sure. gonna be important for us specifically? 
Yeah, and that's actually really one of the key details that we work out in Barks at the very beginning of working with someone is we do goal setting in time horizons. So we like using the SMART goal, which I'm sure you're familiar with, right? Specifically, that's when I said measurable, that's right away yeah. where that's where that right. comes from. SMART, S M. And the T, of course, is super important of timely, and R is pretty good with realistic. You know, all of these details are are super important. And so we like to do time horizon based goals and then build backwards out of those. And, you know, in the where Barks got its sort of teeth originally. Ooh, that's a bad pun. I shouldn't have gone yeah. down there. Yeah. Where <laughs> Barks know. came from originally. You know, I know and, that's and, not the first yeah. time you dropped that one. That's a good one. I like it. Let's Actually, it through. was. It was a total accident. But anyway, it's like, uh, you know, what's dad jokes? I'm all about it. Let's go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, we did it because we have a search dog. But anyway, um, yeah, so one of the key details with that goal setting deal is to continue to, out of the incident command structure, is manage things that are ongoing and do it appropriately. And, and we're really big on that. And so in the ICS world, there's a form and it's, you know, you fill it out and that's that's your day goal. And then someone's job is to plan for the next day actively. And it doesn't have to be a day. It's you know, whatever period is appropriate. And we sort of have modified that into a business speak with a little less focus on, you know, this person does this and this person does that. But the the output is roughly equivalent in that, yeah, sure, there's a daily prep list equivalent, but there's also a, if you're going to get to your goal by the end of the year, this week, you have to do this. And next week, you have to do that. And, you know, this month, you have to do this. And this month, you have to do that. So we're really big on um, sort of breaking goals appropriately down over time. And that's that's the Bark system. It really should be backwards administration because we really start and go backwards the whole way. Oh, I'm a big fan of that. I like <laughs> giving the punchline and then telling the story of how you get there. I always love the movies where they show you kind of a, the end scene or a scene near the end of the movie and then they rewind in time. I'm a big fan of that. Again, it's setting the goal. Like you're setting something out there for people to aspire to. And, and then you need to reverse engineer that. I'm a, I'm a big fan of that. All right, audience and tools. I'm understanding it. I'm understanding what we're going to need to do. I'm also understanding where I'm going to struggle with that. So I appreciate you and the whole team now. I'm on, I'm on wax. I'm on record saying we're going to commit to this. And I know that they're all very excited about the fact that we will commit to this so that I can't go down every single rabbit hole that I want to. Uh, what else do we need? I need to be thinking about? We need to be thinking about uh, before we transition kind of the next element when we're talking about audience and tools. Anything we didn't touch on? No, you know, I, I think we, we've sort of tentatively identified at least two solid audiences, which is a really important part uh, of where we're going. And I think they're probably a relatively decent core audience. So, you know, were this to be a larger scale thing, I'd tell you that, you know, you need to come back with a customer experience journey for your your top audience set and your sort of bottom audience set. And yeah. whichever you define top and bottom is up to you. Um, and, and then from there, we would identify some tools. I, I think there's some generic tools that are going to make sense anyway, right? You know, we're already going to do customer experience journeys because that's a tool. I think web yeah. is really good, um, is a good outlet for you. And honestly, I, I would consider a, a non-portable pitch deck. So be it, um, you know, a slideshow set that is built into your website or a gallery set or a page that's designed to sell this specifically that's all... Okay cool parallax HTML5 stuff. Yeah. Um, I, I think that would really fit a versatility set. So yeah, I mean, I think we have nailed the tools and audience pretty well. So yeah, and I think that'll be good. The other thing that I'll, I'll be committed to doing is video, obviously, being that's, that's one of the most important mediums for me. And at the very least, what I'd like to do for this is speak directly to that audience. Like, uh, I think of 
you know the radio ads where the national guys from NPR be like, go support CPR, right? They record 78 of those for all their affiliate channels and then they play them on those channels. So they right. spend one day in the booth and record all of those. And I, I always feel like, you know, yeah, it's a little canned, like they're just spending a day doing that. Yet that little bit of effort, it matters. Like it really matters. So even if I send a video talking directly to somebody saying, hey, I appreciate you guys taking the time to consider what we're working on. I hope it aligns with your goals, your values, and your mission. Let's talk about it. And then maybe the rest of the video is that really nice sizzle reel piece that's specifically promotional sales tool. There's no reason that we can't personalize it thoughtfully, uh, even if that means we're doing, I'm recording 17 of those in a day. I still yeah. think that has an no, I mean, that, that's exactly critical with identifying that audience, because that connection is the key to, to getting your audience on board and identifying the fact that you were talking to them, not just throwing it out there to the universe. Yeah, being thoughtful, recognizing and acknowledging people, it matters. For sure. All right. Now that we understand how to cultivate your audience and identify the tools that you're going to utilize that we are going to utilize, we're going to move on to the next episode. So tune in for part two of this series. It's going to be Best Served Podcast 316. Check in for that. We're going to talk a little bit more about the details of the 86, 86, 86 challenge as we really try to hit the highlights. And so I know I'm cliffhangering you a little bit, but that's what it's going to take for us to understand what we're uh, looking to accomplish. So once again, Best Served Podcast 315, we're unlocking a brand sales strategy, part one, Tell your best story. You know how important that is to me. And this is episode one of that. We're bringing it uh, out to the public. It's been behind the scenes for so long. So tune in for the next episode. Appreciate you all as always for tuning in. Cheers. Thanks for listening to the Best Served Podcast. Subscribe to our show and connect with us on social media at Best Served Podcast. Tune in next week to discover more unsung hospitality heroes.